You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience, as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, former prep course ops superintendent and current special reconnaissance training guru, Trent Segmiller. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Ones Ready podcast here in the team room today, and today is maybe the most important uh, podcast that we've we've ever done, which maybe isn't saying that much, but uh, we're, we're really excited about it. So first off, I uh, just want to say thanks to everybody out there that's, that's listening and uh, subscribing and leaving comments. We appreciate it. Uh, we try to get back to everything as soon as we can, and really the reason that we started this podcast was to get the relevant information out to y'all um, that you need to be a successful candidate within the AFSPEC war community. Uh, so let's just dive right into it, right? And I say that all the time. So we have here with us uh, one of the the founders, uh, one of the people that's, that's heavily engaged in the uh, assessment and selection course. And maybe I said founders, and maybe that's not true. But uh, Massart, you mind telling us a, a little bit about yourself and uh, why uh, we have you on the podcast? Yeah, so uh, my name's Lopaka Mounts. Uh, I've been in the Air Force for a little over 18 years. All that's been in pararescue. I'm currently the superintendent of assessment selection down at the 350th Special Warfare Training Squadron currently. All right. And um, so, like, just basic pipeline overview, right? So uh, we can go that through that. You can tell us if we're wrong. BMT, prep, assessment selection, right? Those are the, the three before you break out in your pre-dive, dive, and all your other schools after that. Is that tracking? Yes, that's track. That that's uh, that's correct. I mean, you gotta. I mean, obviously, most of your listeners are probably working with developers or things of that sort. But that's kind of a precursor to, right, coming into BMT. So, I know those guys are working out there with uh, with the developers and, and things of that sort, thinking about what they want to do. But um, that, I guess that's a precursor, right, to coming into BMT. So, um, and then then just to kind of straighten the the the, uh, the line, it's BMT prep assessment selection for your special tactics garden angel. Uh, weapon system candidates, right? That's those are the only three AFSCs that that attend the assessment selection course within the uh, special warfare training wing. Okay, so the just for my clarification, then for BMT, I know probably when the three of us went through, it was you go to the same BMT that everybody else does. Special warfare though has its own BMT flight, though, right, or its own. Um, special kind of BMT that affords more time to work out, maybe more, more food, more time to, to eat and that kind of stuff to, since they've spent all this time in development to help them transition through so that they don't lose too much during basic training. Correct. So, you know, we, they, they move into a specific special warfare training flight. So they, they get shipped in those increments to those, BMT locations and, and they run together as one special warfare training flight within BMT. And then along that process, you have 350th uh, cadre members that, that go and actually integrate with the BMT cadre members or MTIs. And then those, those individuals from the 350th run their uh, physical fitness conditioning through BMT and also mentoring sessions along the way. Awesome. So, I mean, can you... You've been around uh, for a little bit now, and uh, I called you one of the founders. I'm not sure if that's 100% accurate, uh, but wh- why why did we make the change? I think a lot of people are curious about it. You know, we had NDOC, the CCT, uh, Southeast Selection Course, uh, um, and then we, we moved to the, the ANS. You know, we started prep. We have ANS now. 
Um, what was, can you go into a little bit of the background on that? Yeah, sure. So, um, when I came here, obviously I was in charge of kind of standing up the assessment selection process. And, and so the goal was, I mean, there's always been a selection process, right? Combat control, pararescue prior to 2000, we're all in this, uh, in this together at NDOC, uh, and, and trying to, and, and forging warriors back then. And, um, I, I believe the, the leadership and headshed that went through that process that's currently sitting in those seats now, uh, believe that there was, uh, there was something that we were missing or we lost. So I think part of that is, is bringing back everyone back underneath the same umbrella. So by, um, by combining the indoctrination course and the combat control selection course, which again, entail, you know, your, your three FSCs that we talked about, uh, which was the special operation or special weather. Uh, but now it's called special reconnaissance and then um, combat control and then your stoves. And they also have now pararescue and, and combat, uh, combat rescue officers in there as well. So um, I think, I think there's something to be said about training all together, the whole cohort that's actually being, that actually supports the SOCOM mission set at the very, you know, uh, genesis of, of their training, right? So it, it's, it's very important to build that foundation, build those bonds, build that mentality, because we all work together and we're all supporting those agencies or those, those um, sister services downrange. And when you build that bond early, it, it has long lasting effects. And, um, and, and also people get to know each other's AFSCs the way, the way they should. So uh, I think it was important to move, move towards that and get those cohorts to work together and, and get back to that foundational uh, process that, that used to happen. Uh, because it absolutely forged uh, some some hardcore warriors and 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 people that are out there doing some some great things and have been awarded for some great things. So um, that that's the reason why I think we moved to that process, and, um, and and it's a formidable process at that. One other one other thing I would add is you know it's it's also an important thing and a requirement for that you know that SOCOM or that soft community that people that, that work within that community. Are, are actually are assessed and selected, right? They go through a program of that sort. So, I mean, like your BUDS or your FSAS or your MARSOC, you know, th those, are, those are key schools or key programs that, that push people to the limit uh, in all environments and expect them to, uh, to react and adapt appropriately because that's what it takes to be a successful operator downrange um, and, and become, uh, come out on the end successful. So I think that's the genesis of it. Um, I guess I'll stop there for any questions. Now that's, I'm really happy that you said that actually, because as, as a dude that went through indoc with when it was controllers and PJs, I, I thought we had something really special there and it was kind of upsetting for me whenever we moved away from it. I mean, yeah, the, maybe the training aspect of it was better. You know, we trained smarter, just like we definitely trained smarter now than we did five years ago, but I think there's a lot of goodness in having all the career fields right there going through the same stuff. That way there's no question, Hey, this guy go through the same thing that I did or, you know, or did you kind of get off light and now we're doing the same thing? I don't, I don't know that you have been tested in the way that I have kind of thing. Correct. I, I would agree with that. Okay, cool. So since we're talking about um, that whole, you know, ANS physical standards, like we get questions a lot about physical standards. Hey, what are the graduation, um, you know, standards and all that kind of stuff. And we tell them that there's no graduation standards, but I was hoping that you could, you know, elaborate on that a little bit as much as you can. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll take that up. So 
the, the, the great thing is this, they already know what the physical standard is. They took it in pre-accessions, uh, pre right? So prior to coming in, BMT developers are prior to BMT, excuse me, at your recruiting and uh, developer stage. So in order to get into ANS, the go, no go is a pass. That's all it is. Perform the standard. The problem that we have is that we have candidates that come in without conviction and they lose that, that thought process, right? So everyone's worried. They train to a standard. So if I don't tell you the standard, you're going to go look it up and hopefully you train to crush the standard when you're tired, right? And that, that's what we want. That's what we want people to do. That's what we expect out of people. And um, so it's basic. Show up. The only, the only levied stress is on yourself and your test anxiety for that day. But man, you got to produce results in order to get into the game. And, uh, and it's expected, right? You, it, yep. It's expected that you produce some type of result. And it's expected that we as cadre have to hold you to a standard. So that's what we're driving towards. And man, standards change. They do for sure. So make no doubt about that. And, and you know, as we get quality candidates, man, maybe standards go up depending on what that is. So um, right now it's the past. Uh, and, um, and, and, it's, it's not as challenging as people think, but they make it more than what it is. <laughs> and, uh, so that, that's the beginning standard to get through the door, right? So that is the, the first check on their physical conditioning as they come out of the preparatory course, right? And that, again, is for your you know, special reconnaissance and your, uh, your pararescuemen, your combat controllers, and your, your uh, special tactics officers and combat rescue officers. So that, that's the first check. And then, you know, along the way of in the first uh, few phases of ANS, there are, th there are a, a few events that are key events along the way. So there, there are, there's a rubric, there's a legitimate standard that you have to meet for those things. And it's, it's a conglomerative um, kind of equation, I guess, if you want to go that way. It's additive. So if you fail these three things along the way in training, you're going to be looked at for elimination. And, and it's not just looking at that physical standard, but it's also looking at everything else that's been collected on you and your performance up to that point. So it, it's a really holistic look on that process, right? So, you know, there, there's been a lot of things out there that, hey, we're moving to an assessment selection process. You know, basically a lot of DOD has said this, you know, and I, I don't want to take words out of out of the AppSoc commander's mouth or, or uh, USASOC and things of that sort, but, you know, they're all leading towards one thing and that's like hey we're moving into an informational technological advanced uh, environment when it comes to soft right but what that doesn't overshadow or it doesn't um it what, it what we shouldn't forget is what physicality it takes in order to get to x in order to do those things that we're asked to do so that's super important it's just as important and i would say at this level the physicality of an individual is very important right because you have to have that foundational rock but we also have to build the foundational rock when it comes to mentality, their psychological and cognitive capability, you know, how they work in sleep deprivation, caloric deficit, you know, um, and, and along the way, how do they perform physically along that? How do they interact with people? Because we all know in our community with the three AFSC or five AFSC, excuse me, that we're required to integrate. We're required to integrate last minute. We're required to learn and observe our, our, uh, our environments and, and adapt and change immediately in order to accommodate those aspects or personnel that we work with in order to facilitate the things that we're there to do, right? Whether it's personal recovery, precision strike, or, you know, um, 
the, the, the facets of both of those things all, all rolled in there and reconnaissance as well, right? So in order for us to do our job well, we have to integrate with people. We have to do it while we're sleep deprived. A lot of the times we have to be physically fit, you know, and, and we, and we have to be able to work on our feet for long periods of time. And, and this process that, uh, that we've built here has definitely pulled in some of the good of Indoc, some of the great of, and good of, um, of CCSC and, and the controller pipeline and the PJ pipeline and the SR pipeline. And, and, uh, and we've merged all those things into this process and, and we're getting after it in those ways and developing events and pushing students through that process for, for days on end with no break. Man, I almost feel like there needs to be a mic drop right now. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that was awesome. I mean, one of the things that we, or at least that I tell guys, and you know, whenever the whole standards things comes out is, hey man, be able to pass a pass test short notice, like on any day. You know, even if you have already worked out that day, be able to go out there and not just meet the minimums. Like you're, you're able to go out there and crush past this and you're going to be just fine physically. The mental part, that's a whole nother game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's, that's the goal, right? Indoc back in the day when we all went together, went through it, even CCSC, but I would say more so through the controller pipeline for the two years. And it those both, all those programs, the goal was to build that that uh, that individual that can that can adapt immediately, right, and, and perform result, mm-hmm. uh, produce results when when asked upon, right? Because I mean that that's that's the bottom line. That's what separates special operators from other people. Is man, we may be doing one task and we're asked to ex- execute another task that we may have very little knowledge of and or time to pre- uh, to um, prep and then and then get it done. So this process here hopefully helps build that foundation. And, um, and, and starts to test them, right? Indoc, CCSC, absolutely, we're, we're conditioning mindsets for a long time. You know, you're talking about four decades, and it's worked. It's a, it was a professional program. It did a lot of good things. Um, and, and the goal is that the assessment selection, and I think we actually, as you say, the goal, I think that we've, we've done that. And as these things move on, you know, things will be more refined, and, and it'll become even tighter, and, and uh, th- those processes will be more solidified. So, I mean, in the end, you know, the other purpose of this ANS piece is, is we, we, we're building it off of operation, operational admission requirement, right? Not, not building it off of what a qualification may be. Like, who cares about a qualification, man? Uh, like, what, what is our mission set? What's the core responsibilities that we have to provide our, you know, at the end state? How do we actually employ, you know, precision strike reconnaissance and that, that kind of that global access and, uh, and uh, personal recovery? How do we do that? How do we do it to our best ability? And, uh, and we need airmen to be able to think on their feet and, and move through those processes in the new informational technolo- technological age. And, and, and hopefully this process is, is starting to develop that in, in a different way than, than INDOC did, but it's absolutely formidable. We're, we're definitely proud of what's going on here. Um, and, and like anything else, things need to grow and, and, and become even more, more challenging as, as we move forward. Yeah, well, Absolutely. But- right. So, I mean, we've been running, I guess y'all have been running ANS for a while now. Are you seeing any um, uh, trends, uh, good or bad, from the candidates that, you know, if you could put it out there to a candidate that's not even seen the recruiter yet or anything, uh, things that maybe they could work on to um, be a little more successful, just stuff that you've seen? Um, yeah, so I guess the, the biggest thing is, is mindset. Everyone thinks this is a physicality game, and it, and it, it absolutely is. 100%. But if you come to the game without conviction 
and I'm when I mean by game, I mean by like signing up to MEPS or going into the recruiters and you and you're like looking to go to do something special, right? And, and you know, kind of one of the things that I noticed is is that man, people in our, in our society always say they want to they want to do something special, they want to be a part of something special, wherever it may be, but they're unwilling to do the work for it, right? And put out the put out the uh, every, every single day, get out there and, and get after it. So, um, and, and that's only for the possible opportunity to do something special, right? So, man, people need to have good work ethic. They need to have conviction. And, and if they have that from the start, then that's a moldable individual that we, that we can deal with, right? If you come into this game with a plan B, you're wrong because you're never going to make it out of, out of B and T in, in the mindset that you need to in order to progress through the, the initial training here at JBSA. So, or joint base Lackland. Okay. So the, the, the biggest problem is that our, our, our society or, you know, or, or what we're recruiting, there's a lot of the times these guys come in and they just don't have conviction. And that's a problem, man. Like that's the biggest thing that I see because yeah, there are programs here that help you get physically fit. The other portion of that is people come in here thinking, well, Hey man, I heard prep's a great program and it's going to get me physically fit wrong. You know what? You should come in there crushing whatever prep's going to throw at you. Period. End of story. So, you know, get out of the, get out of your head of being entitled. Nothing's ever given to you. Everything's earned, and it's and it's, and it's everything that you go through this process is is expected to push you. And if it isn't, we're wrong as cadre, and we need to get our act together to make sure that we're driving you forward every single day. Yep. And I, bravo. <laughs> so. You, other than conviction, the entitlement attitude, like as bad traits that you guys have seen as a trend, what are some good traits that you've seen the guys and girls coming through have or with, or that you would maybe recommend? Man, I, I think other good traits are drive. Uh, well, I've seen some good traits of adaptability like we were talking about earlier. You know, if, if you if you show up every single day, and you're, you're trying your hardest. You're doing what you can do. Sometimes it's not good enough, and that's okay, right? So some of the good traits that I've seen is some of these candidates will, will take the failure, and they'll be like, Roger that. They will make excuses, right? So good traits are not making excuses, taking your failures as it is, looking into yourself of why you failed versus projecting it onto somebody else, and then becoming more self-aware because that's a whole other process of this assessment selection course. The goal as well as leaving that process is, man, you got a notebook the whole time. You should be writing down all your shortcomings, all the things that you failed and how you get better at those things. So um, it, it's be just becoming more self-aware because the more self-aware you become, the more keen to your surroundings you are, the better off you're going to be, and you won't make those repetitive mistakes. So I think in that sense, there are some candidates that are absolutely coming in ready to go and, and uh, that, are, that are willing to accept failure. And, and those are, the, those are the, the individuals that are successful majority of times sometimes they're not because maybe it's just not the right time for them but then you see them come back a year later man and, and they they stand up and they tell you i told you so and they make it through the process so man that that's what it takes i think and that's what i've seen in some candidates um but i would, I would say that's probably some of the good traits that i've seen okay i got one more question for you in terms of kind of this preparation i know we're only two months into this covid19 lockdown but a lot of people are concerned as, hey, I don't get a chance to go to the gym. I don't get a chance to hit the pools. Since we're only two months, I'd be kind of surprised if you have seen anybody. Maybe you have. Have you guys had to deal with that? And have you seen 
candidates show up that are not prepared? No, I wouldn't say so. I mean, they're, they're, it's really on the candidate, right? So we, we haven't stopped operations. We're still training people. We're still doing things. At BMT Shipping, we're still training. Like that's the way it goes, regardless. We haven't stopped doing anything. We're still in the pool. We're still in the gym. We're still doing the things we need to do, right? So, man, that's where that that's where the the, the flip side of the coin happens. There is if we are expected to come to work as cadre members to train you, then you are expected to wake up every single day ready to give us one hundred ten percent. So, you know, a lot of guys will make that mistake of candidates wise of, uh, well, I got these excuses, right? Put them at the door, show up, get ready to train, give it all you got. And if you do that, most majority of the time you'd be successful or at a minimum, you're going to be a better version of you when you go to sleep that day and tomorrow when you wake up. So, um, that's, those are the things that we haven't really seen it. Do you guys show up unprepared? Yeah, they do because they're in their head and, or they didn't put out or they had a plan B. So, you know, those plan are all B will stories. get you. Plan B will always get you. You know what I mean? <laughs> just when you think that you forgot about plan B, it just jumps right. up to get you. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, one, one of the things we talk about a lot is how on team, the, the, the variance and personalities um, is kind of what makes a team great, uh, how we're all kind of different. But I know students oftentimes show up and they'll look at certain people that they think are going to be successful and uh, they're like, well, I don't fit in with that group or they, they, you know, they get into their head in the wrong way. Um, have you seen any, is there like a particular personality type that's more successful than the other or any, I mean, you've talked a lot about the characteristic traits that make a successful um, candidate uh, and S graduate, but is there anything uh, personality wise or, or what would you tell that person? that's like, I don't think I fit in with these people that I think are going to be successful. <laughs> that's a good question, right? Sounds like my 13-year-old son asked me the same thing. So, <laughs> um, man, first thing, I just tell him to get out of his head and, and her, her to get out of her head, either one, whichever it may be. And if they want to be here, then show up every single day. Like, everyone wants to hear, like, oh, this is my why. Like, I don't care about your why. I don't. I don't want to hear it. I just want to see you do it. If you do it, you produce results, then that, that's your why. That's why you're here, right? So guys that think that they don't belong in this career field, then they should have never sh- uh, signed up in the first place, right? Or you just tell them to suck it up, get back in training and figure it out. You know, lean on those things, lean on your strengths, figure out where you fit in the team because that's what it takes in order for you to be successful in, in that, you know, special tactics, guarding angel weapon systems. But it, it takes an individual that's, that has the ability to, um, you know, adapt to that that environment right because there's a lot of times you step into an environment in our communities where you don't fit in you don't train with them on a daily basis you don't live with them on a daily basis and then all of a sudden you show up you know a month prior to deployment and you're expected to integrate immediately and become best friends like with them that you you know you went to their buddy's wedding as their best man that didn't happen so you know but i will tell you that the operators in the in in that community in the stga community um, that we're talking about that are going through assessment selection or special tactics, guardian angel is man, they make a great name for themselves, right? Quiet, professional, humble for the most part. And then you go in there and, and you do your job, do your job. Well, know what your job entails, know what you're supposed to be doing. And, and you just execute, man, because at the very last measure, it's what you're producing. It's not what you're saying, Right. And a lot of people here like to say they're why, but it's what you produce is what lasts. So, and that, that speaks volumes downrange. That speaks volumes in a team room. That speaks volumes in a team room 
of sister service members that you're working with downrange because that's all they care about, right? They care about you doing your job to your utmost ability because if you don't, someone's going to have to pick up the slack. And, uh, and hopefully we're, we're building that process here with, uh, with this new process. Yeah. And that's another soundbite. That was phenomenal. <laughs> I, I, last question that I'm about to ask you, but I bet that this one's also going to provide a soundbite because you've given us a couple so far. So what advice would you give the candidates that are coming in? Um, so I would say the candidates that are coming into the special tactics garden angle, right? I would say first things first, do your research. Don't sign up to anything you're not willing to commit to. Every AFSC is asking you to commit your whole self to this process. In fact, when you join DOD, it asks you to commit that. You raise your right hand to support and defend the Constitution. And one, the biggest thing is you give up your right to a democracy for a dictatorship. So people don't understand that, right? There's not a lot of choice in the matter. You know, if you're able to have choices, great. Don't depend on them because they may not be there. They may not be the choices that you think they are. And uh, you may get driven into something you don't want based off of your, uh, your ability to, uh, to perform. So you may underperform based off of you think you got a plan B, C, D, and it may never work out. And you may find yourself in another job in the Air Force. So I, first things first, do your research, have conviction, show up to the, the recruiter's office with what you want to do. And then just start producing results and do more and more research. Ask your developer for whatever that AFSC you want. You know, ask them for information on, ask them to drive you those things and then do your own research. Have some, you know, some self-initiative and some drive to, to understand what you're getting into, you know, and, and research those things that you want so that you can make the right decision. Because in the end, this is a competitive process and, and we want the right people for the right job. So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing is it's specifically your, you know, your special tactics and your garden angel. You know, there's a couple of models in there, right, mottos in there, right? Where it says, you know, first there that others may live. These things we do or I do that others may live. The inherent thing that these things are asking is you to become selfless, right? Bottom line. And that is completely against human nature. Human nature is to be a selfish, per selfish person when, when, you know, things get rough, things are starting to bite at you at night and, and uh, you know, things are just not right. So, what I would say is this, the INDOC process back in the day and, and this process now that we're driving through, because it just doesn't stop at assessment selection and it doesn't stop at pre-dive. It goes on through the rest of your career, right? So everyone's kind of thinking of these little, little itty bitty por portions, but bottom line is this, those processes to include BUDS and S SFAS and MARSOC, to, in my perspective, they're, try they're trying to close the narrative on the selfish human behavior, when the moment of selflessness is, act, is asked upon you in a combat in a combative situation or in in a situation where you have to choose between you know your self preservation or somebody else, and uh, and if you really think about our mottos, some of those mottos though you know first there that others may live and these things we do that others may live, man, you say that for two years you're indoctrinating conditioning your mindset to close that narrative. So there's, it's, there's no second thought. It's like, man, I'm going, cause this is what I'm here for. This is what I trained to do. This is what I need to be doing right now. And so man, commit yourself to the process. Don't leave anything unchecked. Don't come in here with a loose attitude and a, in a second choice, just put it down and get ready to be uncomfortable, getting comfortable in the uncomfortable situation. And that's what I would say. 
awesome. <laughs> Man, that is, that, is, that is perfect. So unless you have anything else for us, uh, I think we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Massar, we, we really, really appreciate you coming on and, um, and getting the, the word out and uh, your perspective for all the, the future Special Warfare candidates out there. And for everybody else that's out there, um, just like you heard today, you need to be training hard. You need to be getting your mind right. You need to be the person that you think you need to be uh, to make it through the, the, the selection process before you even get here. So you need to get your mind right. You need to be committed. Uh, you need to make sure that you're getting all those ducks in a row because you're you're not going to change exactly who you are. Uh, the process is there to expose you and to build you up a little bit, but not. Um, you, you need to be ready by the time you show up. So uh, we really appreciate you coming on. And um, everybody that's out there, make sure you listen. Listen twice. A lot of good information there. And go out there, train hard, and we'll see you next time. Appreciate it. See you. Out.